Welcome back to Engage, your one-stop shop for all things social studies and engagement. It's me, Justin, here again, but I'm not alone. Alicia has joined me in the studio for a discussion on building connections in the classroom. So today we're going to look at connections as a way to increase engagement and learning within that learning environment. Uh, Why don't we start off with maybe sharing a little bit about why connections are important. Uh, What's so special about building connections in your classroom? Absolutely. Uh, We have big jobs. I mean, we're the adults in our classroom and in our space. And sometimes for some of our littles or our middles or our high school kids, we are the only constant people in their lives. I mean, their other teachers are as well, but like, they see us on a daily basis and we are somebody they know that is there and they can depend on. We know that students deal with stress and trauma and we don't always know every detail about what happens outside of our walls uh, and in their homes. So, you know, it takes time to get to know kids. Um, I mean, heck, as adults, we don't always have it together too. So how do we expect our students to do so? Um, We have to model that and teach communication and connection to them. Um, And we know that students learn from people they like, simple as that. So when we teach tough or controversial subjects in our classroom, which happens in social studies, uh, we need to be able to foster those positive and safe space relationships for our students in our classroom. Um, So one of the ways that I do that, um, I have just created a Google form. Um, It asks the kids their name and their class. Um, And I send this in our Google Classroom every day. Um, Sometimes the questions are about the the students themselves, like what's your favorite color? Or would you rather be smothered in peanut butter or ketchup? Um, And then sometimes it's about content and it can be used as a quick formative assessment. And I always leave an open space for students to ask questions or share things with me that might help me understand what's going on. Um, Recently, I had a a student share with me that their dog had passed away over the weekend and they were having a pretty tough time. So it just gives me that like handle with care um, note so I can check in with that student. Um, It's a great way to have conversations with my class and not actually have to speak a word to them. Um, My introverted students really love being able to express and share because they typically don't in a, in a large setting. Um, and it gives me a chance to talk to them one-on-one if I'm walking through the room or I can ask them about something later. And to see that light up is huge. Um, my extroverted students, on the other hand, like today's question about the peanut butter or the ketchup, they're just going to tell everybody. <laughs> um, but it, it's a way to foster some conversation. It's a way to bring some smiles in. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a win-win. Many of these kids are just seeking that connection. Um, You know, we've had this conversation in my team meetings too. Um, We have kids who are constantly asking for approval or who are trying to act out in class maybe, and we might label them as attention seeking. I want you to flip that word with connection. Are they attention seeking or are they connection seeking? Um, We did a book study with my school last year um, about, uh, the book was titled Kids These Days by Dr. Jody Carrington. She is a PhD 
uh, clinical psychologist out of Canada. Um, and then recently she teamed up uh, in 2001 with a teacher, Lori McIntosh, and they wrote the book Teachers These Days, which is an extension uh, of Kids These Days. Great resource, uh, fabulous read, fabulous listen. Um, they're a little bit uh, casual in their reading. You might hear a swear or two, uh, but what teacher doesn't let that slip from time to time? But they combine the theory and practice of teaching and weaving in the science of human development with real life stories and tangible strategies uh, from teachers. And so it's super fantastic. I got a lot of ideas about how to make connections with kids, especially those who might be flipping their lids. Um, so I really strongly recommend if anybody is looking for some strategies or encouragement into making connections with your students to check that resource out. Justin, what do you think? Uh, in my classroom, certainly there is some connection building via, you know, forms and technology too. You know, as as an introverted uh, individual, I like to uh, find different ways to also reach all those uh, students in my class. Uh, so, for example, beginning of the year, I do a lot of uh, basically get to know you stuff via survey. So we do a beginning of the year survey where they share some fun stuff about me, favorite candies, uh, favorite sports teams, all that stuff. They share some learning stuff. What did they like last year from their social studies teacher? Uh, what things did their teacher do in the past that helped them to excel? Uh, stuff like that. And of course, just talking about themselves, introducing themselves. If there's something that uh, they feel the teacher should know about them. We don't often get a lot of communication from their, their teacher from the previous year. So beginning of the year survey can really help with that. And I use a Google form for it. Uh, but I've kind of evolved from that a little bit into using uh, Flipgrid. Uh, so each of my students has to do a an introduction on Flipgrid. And Flipgrid is just a recording platform where students talk to a camera and share their thoughts. You can use it for like debates and discussions and stuff, but this is a Flipgrid where the students don't see each other's introductions. It's just them introducing themselves to me. So they can, uh, first of all, introduce themselves. They can tell me how to pronounce their name, which as a teacher that struggled with pronunciation of names at times with, you know, 160, 170 students, uh, this is great because I can just rewatch them pronouncing their name and uh, it helps me to, to learn their names quicker and to learn like the proper pronunciation of those names. Uh, plus they get to share like why they took the class. They get to share what they've heard uh, about the class or what they think the class is going to be like, and then anything else they want to tell me. Uh, and I can learn a ton from just what they share on those Flipgrids. Uh, so I like to use those whenever I can. And I use Flipgrids for reflections throughout the year. I use it for discussions when we talk like uh, ideological topics. I have them do some discussing on Flipgrid. It's, a, it's an amazing tool. So I definitely recommend that. Um, also, after each exam, I like to kind of see where students are at. I teach a lot of AP classes and sometimes you get so caught up in the, the content that you kind of forget to, to, to make those connections and to talk with them. And oftentimes I, I run out of time when I want to meet with them one-on-one. -on -one. So a post-exam survey, at least every single exam, is going to give me information uh, about them and about how things are going and also is a reflective tool for them. They answer questions about class participation, whether or not they think they've participated. They answer questions about their own study habits, activities they did to prepare for the test. 
And then I also have them share things that they think I can do better to prepare them and things that they think they can do better to prepare for the next test. So it's reflective and it has that, uh, you know, what have you been doing and what, what things you, you have going on. So you can kind of see what's going on for them when, without having to talk with them always individually. Uh, so it certainly saves me a lot of time. If there's something I have to, you know, address or discuss with that student, I already have some information to kind of go off of. So that post-exam survey uh, has been really useful for me. And just the other day we had a post-exam, well, we just had an exam and I didn't have a post-exam survey and they were just like, what are we supposed to do after that test? Ugh. So they were looking for it and kind of panicking, but you know, I missed one. It's going to be okay. Um. I love all of those great ideas, Justin, and I have not used Flipgrid, so I'm like engaged and want to check, check this out for myself and for my students because I think they'd really, really think this is cool, especially at the middle school level. Um, I also try to get my students uh, engaged in my classroom with some connections um, through student choice, and I do a little bit with Plan, Do, Study, Act, um, so students are connecting with their learning, but they have that choice and that say. Um, I feel like every time students get a little ownership in the classroom, they feel that much more connected. Um, you know, we did a class mission statement at the beginning of the year. Um, super huge for building community, connection. Um, really get to kind of see what students value. And so that is super huge and uh, a great way to try to, you know, in, in especially in a social studies classroom, like spread that democracy and and sharing, you know, what students want to see develop over the year. We revisit the mission statement from time to time. Um, they find some pride in it, but also they check themselves by making sure they're they're actually contributing, um, which I think is really great. Um, we also uh, do some different. Uh, Kagan Cooperative Learning Structures. Um, I used these a lot when I was in a block format. Um, it is a, a paid uh, programming, um, but the resource is fantastic. And there's a million ways of bringing communication work, um, connection work, um, and it can be pretty fun. Uh, one of my favorite activities that I do um, is a silent birthday lineup challenge. Um, I tell the kids, you've got to line up by birthday. You can't talk. So eighth graders uh, are, you know, using their best uh, sign language, you know, the number system to try to put themselves in order. Um, in the beginning of the year, I give them a few mistakes. By the end of the year, I don't. Um, but we talk about ways to communicate with each other. Um, they kind of feel good as a group, uh, that connection with each other in the class, but also connection with me. And so it's really uh, a pretty fun way to try to build some of those like class building or community building activities, um, again, to help foster those relationships in the classroom. Um, throughout the year, uh, other ways to add to some of this connection with students, um, we see them every day in the walls of our classroom, but we are getting a small snapshot and we are seeing them in the way they are around others and in a classroom. But realistically, our little peoples, our up and coming, you know, 
hockey players, our up-and-coming musicians and artists, they thrive in places outside of our room. And so if we can help support them in those places, uh, I think that is another way to just make those stronger relationships and connections with kids. Um, when they see me at a football game, they're excited. When they see me at one of their school functions, they're excited. Uh, I recently judged a forensic, forensics competition, and um, one of the kids was super excited that I was their judge. Um, I attended a hockey game for a student, and a friend of mine was actually speaking with the student's mom. The mom was blown away that I would show up on a Sunday to watch her 13-year-old son play hockey. And he scored two goals. It was a fantastic opportunity. And then I got something, uh, a way to connect with him the next day at school. And so any way for me to try to build a better relationship with a student and their families um, is kind of that win. I don't mind doing that extra. Um, it makes me feel good when I see them outside of my realm of the classroom. Um, but they see me too. Like They see me as a human. Speaking of that, I think it's really just important to focus on being literally just a human being. I mean, like teachers are often seen as just like this authority figure and seen as someone that's like always has the right answer, but it's, it's okay. Like it's okay to be wrong occasionally. Here I am like AP Gov teacher, AP comparative teacher, and the students are often shocked, like shocked earlier on in the year when like, I just don't know something or I make a mistake and that's okay. Like it's, it's good to, to show the students that, you know, an adult can be wrong or not know everything. I mean, it's impossible to know everything about social studies. So it's okay to, to be wrong. It's okay to laugh. Students say crazy stuff sometimes and hey, laughing along with them just kind of makes things a little more human at times. And just lastly, and this will be something we talk about throughout the year is just, you know, finding ways to make things fun and engaging just makes more connections. You know, my, my slides, my presentations, I, I lecture at times, but my, my lectures, I try to make it as interactive as possible. There's discussions, there's small groups. I'm interacting with the small groups. There's memes, there's gifts, there's, uh, activities built into it. Any way to, um, make the class engaging and that builds a connection that it's not necessarily something I have to think about that I'm going to make connections with, with students today. It's that, you know, bringing engagement into your classroom creates connection. Well, and how do, how they felt. I think so many kids, you know, get that good feeling. And if they can remember feeling good, then they're going to remember a lot. Yeah. And those students are going to come back, you know, years later uh, and talk about all the, the great things they learned in that class. And, you know, maybe they didn't like walk away with all the specific content knowledge. Maybe they don't know uh, the process for ending a filibuster or this other random government thing, but they probably learned a bunch of skills and, you know, learned about how the world works. Well, hey, we're going to leave it there. Next time we'll uh, tune in for some more engagement activities and projects and stuff. Uh, thank you for listening and uh, we hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Engage, where social studies ignites curiosity.
Today's podcast is brought to you by the Wisconsin Council for the Social Studies. This amazing organization is how I've met a lot of these other amazing teachers and learned a lot of phenomenal teaching strategies that have really changed my classroom experience. Join me and many of my colleagues at the annual Social Studies Conference in March. Find out more information at wcsswisconsin.org. That's wcsswi.org.